You're listening to the chronicles of young professional 30-somethings navigating life, love, work, and politics. It's Breaking Bread Takeover, hosted by Jocelyn, Tanya, and Natalie, presented by Goodstock Consulting. Hey guys, welcome to B-Word Unpacked Takeover Podcast. Um, I am Jocelyn Reddick. I am the Health Communications Operations Coordinator with Goodstock Consulting. Hey everybody, I'm Natalie Ocean. I work at a healthcare tech startup in Memphis and also a dancer on the side. Hello. Hi, I'm Tanya Soraya. I'm a clinical psychologist and assistant professor at MUSC right now, and also a dancer on the side. <laughs> we say that very loosely. Right. Yeah, exactly, because of COVID. <laughs> Mostly it's me dancing now in this room right here. <laughs> Well, awesome. So for today's episode, we are going to talk about goal setting. Um, the it's where what in quarter one of 2022 now, and there's a lot of people doing check-ins or reevaluating their goals if they had any. Um, and one of the things that came to mind for today's topic was just talking about what is the best time to even set these goals. I know typically on an annual basis, it usually happens January one at the beginning of the new year, but things don't always happen as planned and. How flexible should we be in that time frame of setting goals? Um, one thing that I that I sometimes feel is, and also I see people on social media articulating, is that um, they sometimes feel like they're a, a disappointment to themselves if they haven't met their goals in a specific time frame or if they're not going in chronological order. Um, so one of the things I wanted to start off this discussion about is if you all ever set any goals, generally speaking, what is your process in goal setting? And how do you even identify what's something that you're working to achieve? Um, and I, I'll go ahead and start while you all are thinking. But I know for me, I'm a very visual visual learner. So I love the vision board thing. I don't do the vision board parties or I can't do that. I need to do it myself. But I have it like it's literally here framed in the on the side of me because you know how I you know how I am. Is it really framed? Um, I know. It is. <laughs> it is. We'll, 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 I'll share that after. It really is framed. So please <laughs> respect my privacy. Um, <laughs> But for me, it's helpful to have it, one, in line sight, and two, have visual representations versus just a, a bulleted list of like tasks and things. Because sometimes the words don't always resonate with me. I need to see what it looks like in action. Um, but I think for me, the, the next step further that makes the goals even realer are starting to think about what are the things that have to happen or what are the steps and actions that have to take place as like sub bullets in order for me to reach that goal. So for example, one of them that I have is write a book. I don't know what I'm going to write about. Uh-huh. I don't know what kind of book this is going to be. But the first thing that I started to do was just what are the ideas that came to mind that made me even want to put that on, on my vision board? Um, what are the things I need to know in order to write a book? Is it something I want to be downloadable? Something I want to have formally published? The answer is no for that. Um, so all these kinds <laughs> of things that come to mind that help make it real for me versus just... Um, a list of things or haphazardly, and I don't say haphazardly because I don't want to um, rub people the wrong way that do like doing the vision board party things. But for me, I really have to do it. It's a practice and a process I have to go through by myself. Um, it's fun to kind of collaborate and brainstorm and share ideas with others. But sometimes I need my time to really focus on what's meaningful and important for me. And then I, if I want to share it with others, I can do so after. Um, but that's typically how I, sh- how I like set my goals. I do do it annually. Um, I don't really give myself like, oh, it has to be set by January 1. Um, But I do like the idea of, you know, new year, new me kind of thing. But I often recycle or overlap or um, 
let my goals roll over. So I'm not pressed if I didn't meet all my goals for the, for the, you know, for the year. Like I didn't get my home last year. So I, I put it on the vision board again, cause I still something I want to do. And I want to make sure I don't lose sight of that. So for Jocelyn and Tanya, how do you all set your goals and what does that process look like for you? Hmm. I'm thinking Jocelyn, do you know? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, my goals, and aspirations and all those things have changed a lot since becoming a wife and a mother the last four to six months. Um, Natalie sounds like I'm a little bit of the opposite. I feel like prior to gaining all this responsibility, I definitely liked the visual visualization. Like I wanted to see it all like in a big picture and then kind of identify like what was what, what were the steps and how to achieve those. But I feel like now I like the bullets. I have a I have a to-do list as a widget on my phone. And when I have like free time, I'm like, okay, what is it that I need to achieve? Like, how do I go through this, this step by step? And I feel like I just I like to put all the information into a pile and just kind of check it off like one by one as I, again, like I said, as I as I get the time. But it's it's been hearing you talk. And one thing that I also want to identify when we when we do these recordings in this podcast is that like we learn, I learn from you guys as we go through the through the intricacies. But my my goal setting and process has changed a lot since becoming a wife and a mother. And it's just really ghetto. It's really ghetto. Wait, meaning like because you have less time or because. Because I. Like I have my goals. But then I also have to like achieve the goals of others. So like kind of how we were talking earlier about like how Katrina was saying that the parents have to kind of have grace and pour into to their to their children. Like I feel like that's also like now a goal of mine. Like it's not so much about me. Like it's just about like what do I have to offer and what can I pour into this little person to help her achieve her goals. You know what I mean? Because I've I've been supported by my mother. Like I've I've lived a, a portion, very small portion, because I'm still young and, and tender, honey, but I still feel like I have a lot to pour into this little person. And so like, how can I help her achieve her goals? Like, what can I pour into her? And a lot of the time that I would generally have to myself as an individual is now shared with others. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of beautiful that like, Emily now is kind of like your goal, like yeah, in making is. her, her best self. Yeah. Weird. weird and ghetto <laughs> slash motherhood <laughs> hashtag here we are um as, as emily walks into the room are <laughs> <laughs> like, you talking about me for me i've noticed that if i don't have any downtime it's really hard for me to think straight lately um which has gotten harder and harder you know, as we get older and is actually like a fear I have of having kids. It's like, when am I going to get, sometimes it's like an hour of journaling or just like having a moment to be like, okay, wait, what the hell is happening with me right now? And like, why? Cause otherwise what happens is I can just like spiral and like either make like, you know, haphazard goals or like aim, even if it's like a goal of like, I want to do this by Friday. Um, or I can, I don't know, just like, I think put stuff onto other people that doesn't need to be put onto them that like, I need to figure out myself. 
So I don't know with, with work, it's always like kind of easier because you are allotted like all this time of your week to be at work. So it's like, I have to finish this task or I have these goals with my job, but personal goals. I think one of the reasons the new year's is such a fruitful time is because many people have that time off. And so you have the space to think about it um, and to reflect. So I think like for me lately, it's been also up and down just because I don't get all that time as much as I'd like. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think, yeah, to your point, I think that is a why people set their goals at the new year because it's downtime. It's time to yourself to rest, you know, going back to um, our talks about rest. Um, and also the likely one of the only moments you really get to truly reflect on how things have gone in the past and how you want things to change or go in the future. And then Jocelyn, to your point around the fact that your goals, um, the way that you set goals or the, the, the goals that you do set have changed over the years where you used to be a visual person. Now you just want that list of things. Um, and I, I agree because I've never I've never been the type to want to have the vision board thing put up because um, I always felt like I really can't see myself defining what I want to do with, with one image. Like it can mean different things at different points in my life. But for me now, I find that I find it more as a motivational aspect because I can now um, better actualize and see that it's a little bit more tangible because it seems real because mm -hmm. it's in a photographic um, aspect. Um, I definitely do still love my list. Y'all know I love my sticky notes and whatnot and my to-do <laughs> list. But um, this is just because sometimes I'm, I'm just sitting here at work and I'm thinking about things and I'm like, I said I wanted to do that, but I haven't done anything about it. And I start to think about the reasons why, like, um, am I scared to start that thing that I put up there? Because I often put things on there as well that are outside of like my comfort zone. So like I mentioned the writing, but like, I don't, I'm not a writer. Like, I don't know what I want to write about, who would even want to hear anything I have to say or things of that nature. But I wrote it there for a reason and I felt compelled to think about it. So every time I look at it, I'm like, I wonder why I haven't started it yet. Or I wonder why um, I have it there or why I have it there again, if it's something that rolled over from the previous year. So those are the reasons why I have my board up for those kind of moments of reflection, so to speak. So I'm always asking myself those questions and not just letting things kind of fall to the wayside. Because like, Tanya, I think you mentioned it earlier, where at work, you know, you have your things to do for the day or for the week because you're allotted this larger time frame because we do spend most of our lives at work. Um, but also thinking around or thinking about what things look like from a larger scale. So I know for me in my work now, I'm often having to think about things from a more visionary perspective. So it's mm -hmm. not only what I'm doing for today, but also what am I going to be doing for the company in five years? Or what am I going to be doing to get the company to where it needs to be in five years? So I think that visionary aspect has also kind of um, poured into the way that I think about visions and goal setting for my life. Um, mm -hmm. I never want to feel like I'm boxing myself into where if I say I want to buy a house, like I have to buy the house. Like maybe I don't, maybe I change my mind next year. I want to just get an apartment and just call it quits. And that's perfectly fine too. I think for me, it's around, um, it's around being able to identify what I want and know that there's work that has to be put behind it. Um, I know you all have heard the quote that, oh, I'm going to mess it up too now that I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> The dreams without work, something with like dreams with or goals without work is just a dream or something like that. Like if you can't just speak it, you can't just write it down and put it to the side. You actually have to put the work behind it. Um, so those are the things that I always think about in relation to my personal life goals. Um, but can I encounter like Nat? Yeah. I feel like 
I feel like dreaming, like being like, I'm so impressed with you because I feel like you have these visions and when you put it on your board, you like can visualize it. And it's also a sign that you're dreaming. Like you have these hopes for yourself, that even if you don't know how to get there yet, you have it. And so maybe it like, maybe it does start with dreaming, you know, like not not the superficial goals of like, I want to like lose X weight or whatever, like that Mm -hmm. stuff. But like, I guess that's a dream too, but you know, it's like, how can the dream be attainable? Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it does start with, and again, I'm not saying that dreams are wrong because I'm a daydreamer. I love just looking out the window and just thinking about things or just waking up in the middle of the night like, huh, um, I wonder I what bananas look like they do or something like that. Um, but I yeah, definitely what about do. Bananas? Why do they look the way they do? Don't ask, I don't know where that came from. Oh, but. wow. Deep <laughs> question in the middle of the night. I'm usually like, what time is it? <laughs> that's neither here nor there um but I do agree that a lot of um you know a lot of these aspirational things that people come up with or when you see people reaching these large milestones a lot of times it does come from these dreams that may not seem like it's attainable you don't know how you're going to get there um and you know everyone has their own process of how they start and how they you know work their way through to get to something you know sometimes it's luck sometimes it's right place, right time. So, you know, who, you know, who, you know, and a lot of the times it is the work that you put in. Um, But yeah, I think um, from a, for me, from a documentation standpoint, like I need to have a paper trail. I don't want to say paper trail, but I need to, I like to have the documentation aspect of it because it helps, it helps me hold myself accountable. Um, I love this little aspect. I gotta have a paper trail of my own dreams. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Tangent. But I have actually started to document my dreams because they've been really, really vivid lately. Like I've had some really interesting, like I wake up and I'm like in it and I'm like continuing the dream in real life or or like people from like weird parts of my past are like vividly in the dream where I'm calling them by name and they're like in my, I'm just like, what? Oh my God, nah, a therapist would love to work with you. I know, I need to, I need to, that, that, that was, was my trigger for me to get back to my therapist because I was like this is crazy um but anyway say all that to say that um yes dreams are very very valid um and in a good part and a decent part of goal setting for me too yeah I mean I mean Joss if you're gonna say something sorry I didn't mean to okay I guess I don't know I I'm I want to feel like this. I guess like I've had moments where I dream, but it's mostly lately when I'm doing something really different that I didn't really expect to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then it's like forcing me to reflect, like, this is going to sound kind of dry, but when applying for a job, like, especially in academia, because it's academia, it's insane. You like reflect on where you come from and all you've done. And like the forced reflection almost while also selling yourself was kind of like, oh, like, what are my values in my work? And where do I want to go? But I I feel like the upheaval of COVID, like, has almost made me cautious to dream, which sounds a little sad. But it's just like, everything feels like at risk of potentially not working out more so than before. Do you guys feel this way? Yeah, that is a good, um, I feel like, mm, let me think about, let me think about how I want to put my words together. But Jocelyn, if, you were, if you're ready to say something, go ahead. Yeah, no, I feel like, I feel like in a sense, because I was going to act like how, 
like how so like how do you feel like COVID has impacted that um but no I I feel like that in a different sense like not in terms of how it uh relates to applying to jobs like engaging in work but just like how it how it impacts all the other things about life that I enjoy like when I want to plan a trip for six months from now or how I think about how my life is going to look in in three or five years or applying to grad school or moving of types or having a kid Mm -hmm. and like what all that looks like yeah like COVID has COVID is fucking crap um, or like dreams that were like contingent on one another like I wanted to travel yes, and then right. maybe have a kid after all that and now I'm like well two years still passed I'm two years <laughs> older right <laughs> yeah COVID has been its own beast and it um I feel like just me and my own brain like when I think about the conspiracy theories and like the how did it come about and what does it look like and then you know like now we have this whole nationwide mandate about like not wearing masks inside. And it's just like, who determined that? <laughs> like, and if it's, if, it, if not this, then what? It, it, I don't want this to be a COVID episode, but like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Right. It's unreal. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're fine. It's just, it's just unreal. It's un, it's untraceable. It's unbelievable. It's like, what next? Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think your question is is really valid, uh, Tanya, because I have been thinking about that too. And I, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with things not working out because mm-hmm. of how many times things haven't worked out during the pandemic. So like I, I put more travel insurance on my trips now because I've never done that before. Like I'm always, now I'm always like, okay, because there's likely a chance that it's going to get canceled. So I'm putting the extra $20 or whatever um, on to... I'm putting the extra money on, you know, to whatever that travel is to, to cancel it or if plans change. I'm not like I'm, things that used to or would bother me um, before where things are disrupted or things are changed don't as much now because I mean, change has always been inevitable, but golly, like it's been really like crazy and unpredictable um, and kind of scary in a sense because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't really want to set, I really don't want to plan for this because I don't want to be disappointed or maybe I should, maybe I need to scale back because I, maybe I'm, I'm reaching too, too far ahead. And maybe I should just think more in the immediate future because things are so um, unpredictable, but I, I agree. I think COVID is a valid um, and the pandemic generally speaking is a valid um, deterrent from how people have set goals you know, before that. No, no, no. I don't want you to like, think, I don't want you to like not dream. Gosh, no, I feel like you're inspiring me to do it more. It's like, I guess I was just saying that I, I feel like that, but actually I really like what you said that there's just like an acceptance you have to have that things may not work out. Maybe that is like part of like, that's why I think so many people don't like saying goals. They like saying intentions because yeah. then it's like, they're not so cut into stone that, you yeah. know, they can be modified to your like lived experience of it. I like that intentions. I like the word intentions instead of goals. Um, but yeah, I wasn't saying that I was not going to dream anymore, but I think I've thought about dreaming differently or thought about goals and, you know, future planning differently, more so than the fact that I'm more willing to accept that it may not work out versus before I'd be like, no, we have to make it work. We have to make it work. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, look, it's whatever. Like if it, if it doesn't happen, we'll just have a group chat call or we'll do something else if we can't meet up in person. But um, it's just a little bit more, easy to accept that things are not going to work out and to be able to just move on from it without um, harboring over it too much. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about is um, decision making, generally speaking. And I know, Tanya, you mentioned sometimes that you struggle with making decisions. And I do, too, even when it comes to goal setting, like what are the things I want to define for myself within this period of time or even when you're setting intentions, what is the thing that I'm intentionally intending for myself? I'm like, how do you decide? Like, how do you decide for yourself? Like, what's going to be that next thing for you? Because we all have goals, generally speaking, even if we don't define them or we don't have them on a list or on a, in a frame. But I think we all know that there's something else that we want to achieve or something else that we want to kind of check off of our list. So how do you decide for yourself what that is, whether it's personally, professionally, academically, Jocelyn, you mentioned thinking about going back to grad school, bless your heart. Um, but yeah, <laughs> how do you decide for yourself like what what that's going to look like? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How to decide. Yeah. Joss, I feel like Nat called you out with grad school, so. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, tough times. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, grad school is something that I, I generally just, just want to do. Like, I just, I love learning. Y'all know that about me at this point. And I guess a, a point for me is the, the when and the how much, right? Like, so can I get involved in a company that can do tuition reimbursement or pay for me to go back to school? Like, what does that look like? And I think overall, just decision-making for me as of late in this era of the great resignation has all for me just been about mental health and, and self help, self wealth, self period, self, that's it. Um, and that's been pretty challenging. Um, just about a matter of if, is it about the money? Is it about where you are? Is it about the, the, um, the institution and the institutions, what's the word that I want to insert here? Values or reputation? Reputation of types. Like, what does that look like? Um, when I want to, you know, put Emily in a, in a, in a certain type of program, like what's, what's the reliability of it? What's the outcome of it? Like if we're investing in this thing, what can we get for our internal investment? It's, mm-hmm. it's all just about like the return investment for me at this point um, when it relates to other things outside of myself. But when it comes to me, like I am just about self <laughs> and I, I can't afford to compromise that for, for anything else because I have so many other things that I'm pouring into right. personally. That's just me. Like I don't, I don't have I don't have the capacity anymore to pour into things that aren't positively impacting me because I have to be responsible for others. And that's just what it is. I don't really know anything else to say. And I feel like, I feel like I've talked to Tanya a lot lately. So I feel like, you know, that's probably the safest and the the quickest I can kind of narrow it down, but I'm Frank is exhausted. Okay. Like I'm exhausted. Um, when it comes terms and when it comes um, to terms of decision making to the point where I'm just like, if I have to get a, if I have to take a position or a role that may not pay me as much that, but won't be as much mental strain on my day to day, have at it. See you later. Peace out. Bye. Next. Like what's up with it. Um, 
Yeah, that's just it. And and I also, when it comes terms to decision making, especially with being a bonus mom, I just want there to be decisions. Can we just make a decision and let that be the decision? Like, do we got to like just tell me? I, can we can we like please put bonus mom in the dictionary? Like, <laughs> hello, like it's a like it's a whole freaking role, man. Like, you're not only a mom and a wife, but you're. Y'all, mm-hmm. please, like, look, if y'all ever, if y'all ever go through this, call me, okay? Call me, because I got the, <laughs> I got the whole playbook, honey. I got it. I got it down packed at this point, <laughs> but I just want decisions yeah. to be made. Like, it's not only about the decision making, but when we collaborate, we make a decision, can a decision be made? Because mm-hmm. I don't, if, if there is a decision by another party, whomever that may be, work-wise, personal-wise, whatever, I need that decision to stand. Um, I don't want it to, to, you know, kind of continue on to six months from now. And then we're, and then we, here we are back at ground zero, but, but I have accommodated my life based on the decision that you made six months ago. Like Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. It's probably, it probably feels a little personal because it is, but (laughs) that's that's how I feel like Jesus, like I'm, I'm a very straightforward person. Like I do, like, I don't make decisions very lightly. Um, when I, when I come to my, when I come to my ground, it has been based on a lot of thought, a lot of outlying factors, a lot of outliers, um, a lot of imposing factors. And it's, it's a very grounded and holistic decision. And when I make that decision, it's just, that's just that. And I feel like a lot of people don't think that way, which is really unfortunate and frustrating when I have to collaborate with others in whatever capacity that may be. Yeah. Like you think with multiple people and things in mind. Right. That you're saying. Yes. Yes. Like I think about the, the hello, the today, the tomorrow, the, the future. I think about how it impacts others. Um, I think about my lifestyle, how my lifestyle is going to change based on the decision that I make. Um, I think about what I will gain or what I will lose based on that decision. I feel like everybody doesn't just unfortunately doesn't think that way or they do in that moment. And it may be based off of emotion. And of course, especially as women, we all base things off of emotion, but I'm also a very um, logical person when I think about things and I like to make decisions and I like to put them on the table and, and close the book and move on with my life based on that decision. And I feel like everybody doesn't have that same, that same um, thinking, unfortunately. And that's just what it is. Um, so I don't, I don't know, friend, if that really answered your question, but that's just me and my life. But again, it's just. I mean, I think do? you, oh, sorry. Were you saying something? No, I said, what do you do? Such is life. I feel like you're making a good point though, because these things can kind of like collide into each other because sometimes people make decisions wanting a problem to go away. And then it creates more like, like a domino effect, like decisions for somebody else to make or changes, which then kind of leads into our thing of like goal setting. Like, I mean, what you need to do to make good decisions and goal setting and all that is time. It sounds like, like you really need the time to think it through. Right. And I, and I feel like, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Frank. No, no, I was just going to say, I like that you also um, made mention and acknowledge the fact that you're also thinking about what the personal ROI is going to be for you in the decision-making. Cause I think that's important too. Because I don't think it's always selfish to think about, well, given the energy I'm about to exert in doing this thing, what am I going to get out of it? That's right. definitely very valuable because time is money and I want to go to sleep. So 
Hello. <laughs> and I love my sleep. If y'all know me, if anybody know me, I'm going to take a nap. I will sleep. Right. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the other piece I was going to say is decision making is also related to goal setting, which is also related to outcomes, which is also related to just efficiency and just life happiness. You know what I mean? Um, they mm-hmm. all go together. You can't you can't have one without the other. You can't ignore one and have another like they all go together and you gotta you gotta make a goal and make a decision to have an outcome to have um you know life satisfaction and that's my piece yeah I mean now I'm like thinking of your question um and yeah like I mean decisions are hard for me because I think I'm not somebody who finds it easy to let go of things. And so when I have an option, I want both. I don't want one. And I think some of it's rooted in when you don't have a lot of options or you come from a background where that wasn't really there, getting two is like, well, how do I say no to one? Right. Um, so I really struggle with it. And then I, and I can kind of get, gosh, really into the weeds about it. Like, you don't want to talk to me in these moments. Um, so, Look, because, you heard what I said. I was like, Tani, honey. Honey, <laughs> baby. Because then there's like this, this whole like thing I'll do where I'll be like, well, if I do this and then what if I'm like this? And it, it, what it all leads down to, which, you know, I'm still learning and growing as a person and understanding myself is that, I'm so scared of choosing something that will make me miserable or unhappy. And so it's always like trying to make a decision to ward off that Um, or like that will make me broke or whatever it is. And so then it's like, I think I kind of shoot myself in the foot a little bit here because since my goals aren't clear and my Mm -hmm. hopes and my dreams are just kind of these amorphous things it makes it sometimes harder to like make the right decision. Cause it's like, well, which way do I like shoot the arrow? Um, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. And it makes me think about um, what, what it sounds like I'm hearing is that there's a fear in making the wrong decision in hindsight. And of course, hindsight is always 2020, but I also feel like there's an ingrained fear that society puts on the people of pivoting. So if you try something, it doesn't work out oftentimes you're, you know, reprimanded or you're looked down upon for changing your mind and doing something different. So thinking about our college career, so you major in a certain degree in college, but you end up in a job that's doing something completely different. People are like, oh, you wasted your money. Why did you even go to college? You're not even working in your degree or whatever. And even other things in life too. Um, I, I remember on, I'm always, always, I'm always bringing up social media because I'm always on Twitter, but um, there was a whole like uproar, so to speak, you know, one of those many, super many viral moments um, this girl, I guess she's a, she does beauty on YouTube or something like that, but now she does like fitness and people are like, oh, like trying to get like come for her for now trying to be a fitness person. And it's like, well, if I get a new interest and I change my hobbies, I'm growing, I'm now older. Beauty may not be as important to me anymore. Maybe I want to take more account into, um, you know, owning my physical fitness. Why is that one, your business to question and two, why can't I do both? Or why can't I do one now and versus before? No, so why I think, can't I be more than one thing? Sorry. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, 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 yeah. But I think the way that you're, in how you were describing the fear, um, and I don't want to um, pr- describe it and say that it's fear, it may be something else for you, but 
the way that you were talking about decision making and not wanting to, you know, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things we could always choose from on a daily basis. And they don't always work out, even if it's something you're used to doing. Like you go to the same restaurant every week, but sometimes maybe that one Friday is not it's not the best choice. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't then choose to try a different restaurant or just eat at home. Like there's, there's a lot of options for a reason. And there's there should be um, grace, so to speak, or the willingness and, um, you know, not having not feeling like people are going to come at you if you decide to change your mind. I think changing your mind is a beautiful thing because it means you're learning, you're growing. Jocelyn, please. <laughs> I love <laughs> child in the corner. Please. Emoji things. I hope it captures this video recording too. So I can just, anyway, um, she's acting the full on video guys, but, um, but yeah, I think changing your mind is really an important skill because it means you're learning, you're absorbing new information mm-hmm. and you're adapting to such versus just being stubborn and complacent in your current thoughts. Cause like we grow, we change, but there's a pandemic going on. Like all these other, all these things around us are impacting the ways that decisions can be made and the way that we decide what decisions are going to be made or what goals or whatever we want to set for ourselves. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I heard you saying that and it made me think about why people are so afraid to pivot. And it is scary because sometimes you feel like you wasted your time. Like you should have, you could, if you had done this first, you would have been further along. And it's like, yeah, but you wouldn't have known that until you knew, until you were in it. Like you don't, right. you won't know it until you're in it sometimes. And that's the risk we take in life, just generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that's X's in a category. Um, but like, but also, gosh, I feel like there's like this attitude of like kind of really into not having to make a lot of decisions. Like the way people are like, oh, just eat the same thing every single day and like have the same workout routine. And like I know a lot of people who just have every day that are exactly the same. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like I like have feelings and I'm like change from day to day. And so like, I'm not a robot. <laughs> like That does not how, I, but there's, I think there's like a resistance or something to that. And like what you were saying that, like, I do feel like when people pivot, people judge them. Like there's just this kind of like, Oh, well, why were you at this job for a year? And then you went to this thing or why did you, you know, like there's a, I guess people don't give grace to understanding that there could be someone's on their own growth trajectory. Yeah. And even to your point, like um, when you mentioned um, that your feelings influence your decision-making, like this is super minor and frivolous, but even when people are like, oh, I usually set my outfits for the day and, you know, the night before, I'm like, I can't do that because my mood when I wake up is going to determine what I feel like, the weather, what my schedule is, like all these other things. How much time I have. (laughs) Right. So like, I may have a general idea of like, okay, I may want to wear pants because maybe I didn't shave my legs or it's going to be cold. So I likely want to wear a sweater of some sort, but I can't be that. um, I can't always be that prescriptive unless there's a specific event that I need to dress a specific way for. So I do agree. I think it's important to acknowledge and recognize that your feelings do influence the decision, the decisions that you make and that your feelings change. Like you may have been mad one day, you made a decision and then the next day you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have done that. And that's okay because we make mistakes. We're human and we shouldn't be afraid to, we shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes. And um, that's, that's one of the things, yeah, that's one of the things that I think even in the professional space, people are definitely super afraid to make mistakes because you, it's like do or die. Like you may, maybe your job is at risk or maybe your, whatever your performance review is at risk because you didn't make the right decision or because you messed something up. But in most cases, it's likely isn't unless you're de- delivering direct care to a patient. 
where mistakes are literally life or death. But in most situations, it's fine. It's just, it's going to take more time to just recover from it. Um, but yeah, feelings matter. Feelings also matter, but they're also fluid. And like you said, like they change um, day to day, um, moment to moment, period. Um, so m- one thing that I wanted to ask you guys is how do you think social media and just our social interactions kind of impact those decisions um, and goals that we all have. Um, I can say personally for me, just really briefly, is just like, you know, I'm I'm blessed to have, have gone through the whole marriage perspective, um, you know, at 27. But now I'm going through the whole like baby making perspective and just like, oh, when you want to have a kid and like seeing everybody on social media, like babies. And my mom made this like super cringy comment to me like a, like a week or so ago, President's Day, if that gives you any context. Someone's just like, I'm giving you a shot a year to have a kid and then I'm going to start cutting up. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, great. That's wonderful. Like, sure. Um, but how, how do you all feel like your, your social media or just your, your social interactions are kind of impacting your, your decision-making and your goals as you, you know, kind of progress through life? Hmm. Matt, I feel like you said you like social media. I mean, I do just because it's entertaining, like the, the channels and the way that I've curated my social media feed specifically Twitter. I don't know about everything else, but Twitter, I know I curate it. So that way it's, it's always funny to me in a, in a release in that way. Um, <laughs> but I think there are people that are greatly influenced by social media. Sometimes I am, too. Um, but I also know that I have the discernment to check myself when I'm in, when I am in those moments. Um, and just generally speaking, I know we're going to talk about um home ownership and like just, you know, owning property in a different episode. But I know I often see people that are going back and forth arguing around when someone's like, oh, I just got this apartment and, you know, rent is this amount of money. Of course, granted, we need to take, take into account the um, cost of living in whatever area it is, but it's often like, oh, you could be paying for a mortgage instead. You could be getting equity. Everybody doesn't want to own a house. Like there's a whole other set of issues and challenges that comes with owning a house that not everybody's equipped or wants to even be involved in. And there's also other things, there are things with having an apartment that some people are, just don't want to be involved in dealing with as well. But people putting their, pushing their like opinions on others where it's not um, solicited and it's not correct like it's and I know people everyone's opinion and you know everyone is not is entitled to their opinions but sometimes you just need to shut up like mm-hmm. um you don't have to and, share. That's, and that's just social media generally like sometimes you just need to shut up and that's like that should be like the opener every time you log into a social media platform just <laughs> shut up for a second um that be our tagline <laughs> <laughs> just shut up um but I think uh going back to Jocelyn's question that um there's always this influences even outside of social media just with family like um we talked about like Jocelyn's Jocelyn's example um of them pushing what they see for you on you know onto your individual life or friends or people at work or you know your peers etc there's always you're always going to be looking at others and um comparison is not the best or the most productive thing for us to do but we do it it's not it's not something you can always avoid and I think um being cognizant and acknowledging it and accepting that that's going to happen. Like, yes, yeah, sometimes when I see my friend is doing this, I'm like, dang, why didn't I do that? Or I should have done that. 
Or when someone asks me why I'm not doing that, I'm like, dang, is something wrong with me because I don't have kids or is something wrong with me because I still live at home? Like, I'm, but then you have to think again to like your specific situation. I'm here because of this, because I want to. Maybe it's just as simple as because I want to. And that's also an adequate feeling and response. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both where there's a nice balance of, um, not nice balance, but there's a balance of acknowledging when you're getting pressured by those external influence and also reflecting internally to determine what is your what is your response like what is your reasoning for yourself you don't have to tell anybody that it's none of their business frankly speaking but if you know for yourself this is the reason why I'm doing this versus that then that's enough um as as opposed to I'm going to change my mind and do this solely because someone else is doing it and they look like they're mm-hmm. you know they say that they're doing it better because you never know what it took for them to get there you don't know what they're really really going through like just because they tweet and tell you, hey, you should buy a house, they may be in debt. They may be going under bankruptcy. Their house may be in foreclosure. Like you never know what's going on. So that definitely take everybody's feedback, quote unquote, and suggestions with a grain of salt and just focus on what you want to do for yourself. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the harder question, like what people want to do with themselves. Like it's a harder to answer. It's easier to just be like, oh, they're doing that. Should I do that? Like, should I go to like Jamaica for vacation, which is my recent (laughs) experience with social media. (laughs) Um, But I feel like, I don't know. Do you guys know the quote comparison is the thief of joy? Mm. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like basically social media. Like it's just breeds for comparison. Um, And I think Nat, you have the fortitude to be like, no, I know me, but not everybody does. Like, I actually, I, I worry about having like kids in our universe because it's like, we had some social media, but it wasn't to like this level. Right. That's another conversation for another time. But I feel like, (laughs) yeah, definitely influence decisions. Oh, phone call. (laughs) Um, I, I guess one thing I did want to say about decisions in Twitter is that like when you see what, what I do like about it, because I feel like we've mostly said kind of things that we dislike about it is seeing that people can do things that sometimes you may wonder, can you do that? Or like, does that type of thing exist? You know, like you get to see the options that maybe you've only dreamt about. And I think that is empowering from social media. Yeah, I agree. I've definitely been um, exposed, so to speak, to new things because of social media. Um, and there is th- it does open up the possibility like, oh, I wonder if I can do that because then that explores your curiosity, you try new things, et cetera. Um, so I think that is a, a positive thing to have because you have this perception and perspective of people you don't know all over the country, all over the world for that matter, different age ranges, depending on who you follow or how your feeds are um, are set up. But I agree. I think there is definitely a benefit to social media because you get to interact with people you likely would never, ever run mm-hmm. into naturally on the street. Um, you know, you developing these new relationships, learning about new things and, you know, getting exposed to different kinds of work or different music or different art or even different places to shop. Um, and those definitely influence the decisions we make because now you found something new and you're interested. And so you want to shop there versus shopping somewhere else that you've typically done so. So I think there is definitely good positive influence that comes from social media. But again, that discernment is what many people lack um, (laughs) in uh, determining what's worth pursuing and what's worth influencing them in this 
world and age of influencer culture. Thank you for listening to Breaking Bread Takeover, hosted by Jocelyn, Tanya, and Natalie, presented by Goodstock Consulting. Find out more about Goodstock at www.goodstockconsulting.com.